Hello, this is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to episode number 410 of the Nutrition Diva podcast. Welcome. Today's episode, we're going to take a pretty deep dive into some very interesting new research that might explain why it's so darn hard to keep from regaining weight once we've lost it. But first, And now, let's get into today's topic. It's a well-known tale. A large percentage of those who lose weight end up gaining it all back, and often more. For a long time, it was assumed that this was because dieters lapse back into the eating habits that caused them to gain weight in the first place. But over the past several years, there have been a series of studies showing that there is something else at work. People who have lost weight experience long-term changes in their metabolism that make it extremely difficult to maintain that weight loss, even when they are vigilant about maintaining their healthy eating habits. Their bodies simply burn fewer calories than those who have never been overweight. And the result, all too often, is yo-yo dieting, where people repeatedly lose and gain and lose the same 30 or 40 pounds many times over the course of their lives. Not only is this frustrating, it's actually dangerous. Yo-yo dieting is hard on your heart and increases the risk of various other diseases as well. However, some new research done at the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel sheds some light on what might be going on here and how we might be able to stop the cycle. When we gain weight, the makeup of our intestinal bacteria also changes in ways that tend to promote further weight gain. When we lose weight, however, our intestinal bacteria don't change back to the bacterial profile we had before we gained that weight. You might be slimmer on the outside, but according to the bacteria in your gut, you're still fat. So this latest research demonstrates that the persistence of these obesity-associated bacteria in our intestines might be a major factor in that tendency to regain weight that we've lost. Researchers were able to prevent obese mice who had lost weight from regaining weight by transferring bacteria from the guts of lean mice into their intestines. Now that, in and of itself, isn't terribly useful because short of fecal transplants, ew, we haven't really figured out how to reliably transform the bacterial population in your intestines from one that favors weight gain to one that favors lean body weight. But the researchers uncovered a new piece of the puzzle that actually could be quite useful. It turns out that the intestinal bacteria that are associated with obesity break down certain flavonoids that we get from our diets much faster than lean-associated bacteria do. As a result, obese and previously obese mice have lower levels of these flavonoids in their systems, and this reduces the rate at which they oxidize fat. The enhanced degradation of these flavonoids by gut bacteria could explain, at least in part, why people who have lost weight burn fewer calories than similarly sized people who have never been overweight. Sure enough, when the researchers transferred bacteria from the intestines of lean mice into the intestines of the yo-yo dieter mice, the levels of flavonoids in their guts rose along with their metabolisms. But there was one more part of the experiment that was even more promising. Instead of transferring bacteria from mouse to mouse, the researchers tried just giving the yo-yo dieter mice 
more of these flavonoids and it worked. The level of flavonoids in their guts rose, fat oxidation accelerated, and the mice stayed slim. Now, of course, it must be said that these are mice and we are humans. But bacteria are bacteria. And when you think about it, the real subjects of these experiments aren't mice, it's the bugs in their intestines. To the extent that something similar happens to the bacteria in our intestines when we gain and lose weight, perhaps we can increase our chances of sustaining weight loss by adding more of these particular flavonoids to our diets. Now, I'm not talking about taking supplements here. I'm talking about bumping up our intake of foods that are naturally high in these two compounds. These foods are rich in other nutrients as well, and they're low in calories to boot. So what do we have to lose? Okay, so the two metabolism-boosting flavonoids that were identified in this study were apigenin and naringenin, and these are compounds that have been previously identified as having anti-obesity properties. Naringenin is found in a variety of fruits and vegetables, but it's especially plentiful in grapefruit, grapefruit juice, tangelos, and kumquats. Apigenin is also found in small amounts in a wide variety of plant foods, but it's particularly abundant in chamomile tea and in the herb parsley. Now here in the U.S., parsley is used mainly as a seasoning or a garnish, but in the Middle East, it's really a salad green, and that's a custom we might want to consider adopting. Try adding a few handfuls of fresh parsley leaves to your lettuce mix, or you could make tabbouleh salad, which combines a whole bunch of chopped parsley along with bulgur wheat, lemon juice, and olive oil. You could replace half the basil in your favorite pesto recipe with parsley. Or you can chop up parsley with garlic and vinegar and make an Argentinian chimichurri sauce that you can serve with grilled meats and vegetables. Parsley can also be juiced and combined with other vegetable juices. So is preventing weight regain and yo-yo dieting really just as simple as eating more parsley and grapefruit? Probably not. But while we await further research on this fascinating new finding, eating more of these nutritious foods, along with plenty of other fruits and vegetables, certainly couldn't hurt. Before I close, I wanted to share a wonderful email that I got from Patty, who wrote, I just returned from a vacation at Disney, and I'm proud to say that I was able to totally enjoy myself, including a few amazing meals, without losing sight of my health goals and my hard-earned weight loss. I could actually hear your voice from all those podcasts with encouraging words, especially the advice that you gave a few years ago on surviving the holidays. I reminded myself to choose my indulgences wisely and then enjoy the heck out of them. I remembered that people tend to eat more when there is more food in front of them. And perhaps the most important thing of all, I recognize that this will not be the last time I will get the chance to have a Mickey waffle. And all of that helped me to stay on track. But perhaps the most important gem was the permission to enjoy myself and then the ability to get right back on track when I returned. No thoughts of, well, I really blew it, so I may as well eat a cheeseburger for this Nutrition Diva follower. I've been back a couple of days now, and I finally hopped on the scale this morning, and I am so happy to report that my weight has remained the same. For me, that is a huge success. Wow. 
Patty, I agree with you. That is a huge success. And I'm so glad that you wrote. It's a very well-timed inspiration as many of us embark on holiday trips or vacations. So thank you so much for sharing your experience. You'll find a transcript of today's show, along with links to the research that I reviewed at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com, where you can also access the entire Nutrition Diva archives. And for more nutrition tips and answers to your nutrition questions, check out my blog. It's at nutritionovereasy.com or hit me up on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at Nutrition Diva on both of those platforms, and I'm always so happy to connect with listeners there. Have a great week and remember to eat something good for me.